Yo! Welcome to Spark. This is episode 11. We're already, what, a week from Christmas? This is five days. Five days from Christmas. Hope all you have a wonderful holiday season. And if we don't get to talk to you by then. Um, we got Jiu-Jitsu Jake back in the house. It's good to be back. It's good to week be- two. Week two, he got the powerful Doc Martens on. And then we got, of course, the man of the hour, Tone. What's up? Say hello. Welcome For sure, back. move close to the thing because I know they can't hear Welcome back. Um, we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to touch on some stuff we talked about before. We got some guests coming up. There's going to be some, um, like, serious episodes coming up. We're going to touch on, uh, what would you call it, sexual assault. That's exactly. Uh, you know, we have a woman, a young woman who volunteered to come in and talk about her story. We have a ecstasy marine. Yes. We have an ex-marine coming in. He's going to talk about some stuff, some things that he does for charity, um, some donation work that he does, which is important. So um, we have Brandy coming on. I talked to her earlier today. Uh, she wanted to talk about the effect that COVID's having on first responders, and they're seeing stuff they've never seen. They're, uh, she told me today that um, you know people are not used to seeing this many sick people. And like in a nursing unit, you know, you get your ups and down days, but there's so many sick people, she's saying, that it's overwhelming. And as a first responder, as a nurse, you want to save these people, obviously. And some people aren't making it, and it's adding to And she's noticing things in coworkers that she normally wouldn't notice. So that's what's coming up. But today we got Jiu-Jitsu Jake in the house, and we're going to talk about some stuff. We're also going to answer some... Uh, fan questions at the end. We're going to do one per episode to make sure that we give it the attention that it needs. So, what we wanted to talk to talk about today, we wanted to start off talking about the last podcast we talked about the, the body-mind connection. <clears throat> we talked about doing jiu-jitsu, um, how it helped us to, what, be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation and how that correlates in the real life. And today we want to talk about just being overall healthy and see where that takes us. So, um, what would you say? So, there is research out there. I wish I should have done some of my own research. It says that the neurotransmitters that you have in your brain, like serotonin and stuff like that, that's found in your stomach. Have you heard this? I did not know that. Well, they're saying that. Gut health, and that's why you have your kombucha right Which, there. Yeah. GTs should be a sponsor. Shout <laughs> kombucha. They're saying that taking care of your gut health and taking care of your overall health, that um, you know that can improve your mental health drastically. If I'm looking, if I'm a person that that has never done that before, has never even, you know, I'm eating Wendy's three times a day. How? What's the first steps we should take to try to? In my opinion, I think you have to cut out all sugar. Processed sugar, I'm not talking about fruit sugars, but I think definitely people get rid of any soda. You know, if you go to the gas station, don't eat a candy bar, don't eat a Ho-Ho or a Twinkie. I don't even know if they still make those. If you get a cup of coffee, don't put in 28 sugars and a bunch of cream. Try to stick to unprocessed foods, a lot of nuts, raisins, light snacks if you're looking for gut health, yogurt, 
kombucha, obviously. Take a probiotic, take a vitamin, and talk to a dietitian. number one. Yeah, because we, that we are not. We're no. going off of uh, our own personal research. And, Tony, in your recovery, in your recovery, um, would you say that health, overall health, played a part in that? Not gym, oh, yeah. not gym. I'm talking about... No, it was prior to, like, I mean, whenever the injury happened... They said that was one of the things, being in pretty good overall health, was able to help me recover quickly. Um, some of the stuff we did afterwards was different pills they give you for your stomach and overall health that you know, I had to be healthy. I had to watch what I ate. Well, because first. of your, your yeah, wound. The, yeah, that's where it was. It yeah. was in the stomach area, so it definitely played a big factor in it. Well, recover, recovering physically, but I'm saying like once you started on the journey of – uh, trying to mend the mental wounds you had. Did you ever take a look, or is that something you're trying to do now? Trying to do now? Yeah, because you eat like a savage, dude. <clears throat> when I'm over there, normally when we start the podcast, he's making upwards of three packs of bacon from there. That's how he starts off every show. Now, when you had your injury, what were some of the things that they had you eat because you weren't able to digest or... If something was missing in terms of your digestion. A lot of it was truly just the liquefied stuff. The Ensure, they gave me that because it had all kinds of nutrients inside. Well, explain the injury real quick so they know what we're talking about. Well, it was a stomach injury. They had to cut open from, as I said before, from below the waist, the whole way up to, you know, up towards the the pec area. And that's where the wound was. That's the superficial one I guess they had to do for uh, the surgery then inside they had to take stuff out cut different um, the bow out remove some of the bow um, surgery surgically put it back together so when they were in there I mean they had to cut up all kind of different stuff inside and that's what they gave me a lot of the ensure so what you do like small portions small oh yeah I mean liquids I didn't eat for a week? Yeah. It was a week straight before I ate. Yeah. And then even when I started eating, the first two days were popsicles. And then I think it was day 10 is the first time I had any kind of real food. So. So you can't really like, when you have an internal injury, like a gut injury, you can't just. No, because there's still surgery inside there, stitches and everything like that. So they have to make sure everything's functioning properly before you start eating and stretching your stomach out and you know you have to go to the bathroom at some point that's a new test afterwards so you can't just eat a bunch of food and then you know you're gonna have to go to the bathroom eventually you have to make sure everything inside healed i also remember you panicking when you had to go to the bathroom because of the pain yeah i mean that was a lot of pain whenever you had to go to the bathroom that's that's one thing i still do get like i can't hold it very long (laughs) get some kind of pain i don't know what that's from but that's what's there now so is there anything that you stay away from when you eat or drink, it upsets your stomach, or do you feel... Like dairy or anything like no, that? No, I don't think now. I mean, at first it was like the Chinese food, stay away from it. Any kind of greasy food, stay away from it. Because there was really no control. It just, when it, you went, you went. Like, there was no controlling it. So, at first it was just had to be careful when I ate. 
with that kind of stuff. So yeah. Well, that's to do physically. What we're talking about now is, and that was because you had a wound. I'm sure anybody that, and you had the wound vac. We talked about that in like episode two. Do you, do you remember seeing that? It was like a, it like re-stimulates your cells or something. It like sucks the. Yep, it takes out all the. I don't even know what. But I don't know the healing. It just helps it heal. It re-stimulates. So there's the cells, a lot. Basically. There's there's a lot of studies though, and there it's not just us saying where. If you eat mentally, now obviously you're you're eating a certain way to because of the gym. You're trying to bulk. Yeah, for right now. It's bulking season. For Church. You. Church. <laughs> it's not bulking season for me the, or, or jujitsu, Jake. I'm trying to get down. I've the holidays have completely ruined me. But uh, like we ate, what kind of pie was that today? Some birthday cake. We ate a birthday cake. Uh, Golden Oreo pie. It was ridiculous. But my I point is... I've heard that when you brought it up, I, a few people I know that cut out sugar said it makes them feel ten times better. I will say... sugars. I will say for me personally, you it's an immediate difference. Like, I was sleeping better is the thing. Sleep is another thing we should touch on because I think when you were in your dark time, sleep was an issue because you oh, weren't yeah. sleeping... So I think when you're not sleeping, um, that can only intensify whatever you're feeling, right? Oh yeah, your body. I mean, it comes down to like we always say is I mean, eating healthy, sleeping, getting some kind of workout in, it all goes together for mental health. So you, we're gonna try, but I, I mean, I believe that holistic stuff, and that we want to touch on that too, um, definitely changes your. If you hear my kids yelling upstairs, it's bath time. Sorry for that. <laughs> um, it definitely jump starts your healing, I think. When I started eating right, when I started... And I know saying eating right is like a general thing, and maybe you should be more specific. When I stopped eating fast food four times a week, and I stopped... I, I intermeet... What's that called? Intermittent fasted. So, like... I'd be done eating at like 10 or 11 at night and I wouldn't need to get into one or two the next day. When I started doing stuff like that and allowing my stomach to be, I could, I was in my job, I was clear. I was more focused on tasks at hand and things like that. And I think that if you, that could only aid your growth, right? Yeah, and your return. Look at everybody you've talked to. The healthier they are, the better they feel. Always. So we do, we're in agreement that that is the case? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think about stuff like ayahuasca? So ayahuasca, Jake will tell you a little bit about. I mean, just through a little bit of the research, the people that have been on Joe Rogan, a lot of those guys that have PTSD, they use the psychedelics for whatever reason. You know, a lot of it is because it is a psychedelic strife or internal problems and they go to uh south america or Colombia. or there's people in the united states now that are shamans that could administer it but it's a very tricky situation depending on where you go and who you go to but apparently it gives you this awakening that eliminates ptsd same thing for the guys that come back from war with low adrenal levels they take trt and testosterone and you know get their vitamins checked and all of a sudden they so yeah, testosterone, testosterone is another thing you think? Yeah. If you have low T, they have those commercials. 
main man's looking out the window in, in the rain, feeling bad about himself, and he goes and gets the TRT, and he's good again. Well, why I bring it up is because in the recent... Just to chime in on what, you know, Jiu-Jitsu Jake said, but yeah. I did read something on that once, and it was supposed to help them face the situation that they're trying to get over with the PTSD. Usually it's so face one the or trauma. more traumatic, traumatic experience, and from what I understand of this, and maybe I'm wrong... Was that was one way of them to be able to face the situation in a controlled environment with doctors, with people that know what they're doing. They're facing that situation. So if you were in, like for me, would you excuse me, my shooting, whenever I was going through it, I would have been able to face that and go through it, walk through the steps. And they help guide you through that incident. So that's like one of your biggest things with PTSD is trying to face the incident and process it and get everything understanding in your head. And that's what that was doing that from what I saw in the one article I saw. And they talked about that with the MD. Yeah, the MDMA, or, yeah. <clears throat> and that was helping them, guide them through that. So you're still doing what I did, basically, except it's helping you in a different environment, a controlled environment, which, which would have probably stopped me from a lot of those violent, you know, whatever, flashbacks or the... We talked about breaking stuff at my house the one night, like yeah. things like that. That will stop that. It's supposed to. I don't. Again, I don't have any. Yeah, you would knowledge from, but that would take away the violence of that portion of it. Now, when you were going through your therapy sessions, were you? Was there ever a time that you held back and you were kind of against going to talk to somebody? You were against talking to, or about a certain part of the situation that occurred. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for obviously it's. Everybody knows for that first year, I didn't even talk about the situation. Didn't yeah, talk about like the incident. Four or something he talked about. Never even acknowledged it. And whenever I was told to go see a therapist, I'd just lash out and say, like, I'm fucking fine or leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. But even once it was time to go to therapy and I spoke to the therapist on the phone, I mean, I told her, like, yeah, I don't believe in any mental health. I don't believe in PTSD. And then she basically said, okay, well, you have my number if you want to call, which then it did still take a couple of weeks after that. So when I first went, I mean, it was weeks, months that I still was like, no, nope, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have this. I don't have any problems. I'm fine. So it's definitely denying it for a while there. And that was another part of the ayahuasca or the MDMA articles that I've read say the people that are using that therapy to get over their situations, they don't have the barrier, right? They have to walk themselves through it because they don't have that part of their brain. It's that subconscious flooding of their brain that they're getting from the drug that they're taking that kind of opens the door to that situation. And then, like you said, they have to face it. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I, when I read about it, and this was a while ago, and that's what it was, is that once you're there, there's no, without any drugs, you can stop. You just stop. I mean, if you're talking to your therapist and you're like, okay, this is too much, I'm done. You, people do it all the time. I mean, there was times I would just shut down doing therapy. Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to go down that road anymore. I don't want to talk about this subject. And then you can move to another subject. But with that MDMA or whatever, the other stuff they use, there's no stopping it once you're in there. Like, you have to keep going. Yeah, until, yeah. Now, would, would that be something that you would ever entertain doing something like that if down the road you were dealing with residual effects from the shooting or from the recovery? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to, obviously, I'd have to talk to somebody who knows 100% about it and a professional and then 
pending what career I'm in at that well, point. Well, as a member of law enforcement, obviously, he yeah. can. Yeah, but I mean, I, I definitely... But I've let's say that you always He's asking whatever. you like you, you're not... You're not. I, we've said it before, like, whatever helps, I, I advise doing. Like, not everybody is going to go and use their drugs or use no prescriptions or use this or use that. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, you we, we know that. Yeah. So if there's something out there that you feel safe and you know enough about and you're in the right environment, I would say, yeah, definitely use it. Did you have to take any sort of antidepressants when you were coming out? Did they no. offer you? He I was offered stuff at different times. Um, uh, sleep stuff, different stuff to help control the anxiety and depression. But, I mean, I've said it before, my, my uh, therapist ultimately said, like, you can't use, you can't get over PTSD without facing it. And basically, you have to face that incident over and over and over till you work it out and get it out in the open and you're, you're facing it day in, day out. Now, could you take anti-anxiety stuff and anti-depressive stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there is other stuff out there she mentioned but she gave me a lot of more probably more pure alley is like you know put a uh candle up in the night that's um uh what's that scent to go to sleep it's supposed to help you sleep um uh it's purple lavender. yeah lavender. lavender like yep. if you have a lavender candle candle it's them supposed them. to uh help you sleep at night and ease you and calm you and then during the day she gave me and something that smelled like an orange, and orange is supposed to bring out like good emotions, um, energy, things like that. So she would give me a lot of stuff like that. Or I remember a stone. She gave me a stone once that you know, like if I started having anxiety at work or something, I would be able to rub the stone or just focus on the stone, which would kind of redirect it. Because <clears throat> um, some of it is you're at work. Some of us, you know, a lot of people have to go to work, so you can't just stop and go. Well, I'm just gonna go now and do my writing or do this and that so you gotta find ways to just control it for that time period but still be able to go throughout the day well i like her because colin can tell you in the in a lot of work that we do you see a lot of young kids prescribed zoloft or an antidepressant or a sleeping medication and that's the first thing i feel like these kids are given when they're young is medicine and especially if they're in a traumatic incident where they might lose a parent or lose a loved one or God forbid, have sexual or physical abuse, they're given a cocktail of drugs to take to even them out rather than find a real solution for most of the time. And I think you see that a lot. Um, I mean, I don't, I come across a lot of kids too. And the first thing they, the, the, you know, the parents will say is, well, he won't take his meds now. But then I always, well, what are they doing besides the meds? What, uh, what else is he doing? Nothing, let's say he's on meds. That to me is not going to work. That especially in younger kids that have not adapted, have not learned how to handle life, have not learned how to go through stressful situations. I mean, kids are still developing, right? And yeah. now you're not even letting them work through something. I'm not saying don't give them anything. That that's fine. Like I understand that the doctors and they know what they're talking about. But I think that it has to be more than just meds. Like I would have been fine, maybe. If I would have had an antidepressant or something like that, um, again, I don't know a lot about that stuff. Yeah. But I would have needed to keep doing my counseling. I would have needed to keep doing my workouts, going for my runs, reading books, writing, um, watching, you know, motivation 
videos or listening to different things. Like you have to do all that. You can't just say, well, I have an antidepressant. I'm good. That still not fixing or curing, curing or facing the incident at all. I don't think it's doing, you're not facing it. You have to do more than just, Hey, I'm going to take a, this, this drug they gave me makes me feel good today. You're still not handling the past and you're not handling the history that's actually leading up to why you're even taking the drug. Yeah, it's like if you have high blood pressure, yeah, you can take your blood pressure medicine and try to cure your blood pressure with that, although the doctor would probably recommend diet exercise along with your blood pressure medicine to get it where it needs to be and then wean yourself off of Well, you're saying supplement, but there are some people that just have high blood pressure. There's nothing you can do about it. So what would you say about that? But they pressure, so I can't really say. No, my point is, I'm sure there's still things you could do to help it. Well, what you're both saying is that you need to whatever route you take, you still have to supplement that with other things. You can't just not one, not one thing is gonna um, help. Even if it's working out, and all you do is work out to get through, that's not gonna help. No, that's but working out is a coping mechanism. Working out itself is not going to help you fight through the trauma. Like Was that the, the only thing that can no. That's what I mean. That's, well, that's the point. things to help keep the stress down, the anxiety down. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now, I think. And that's what the point of me bringing all this up in the past two episodes. Specifically, we're dedicated to things. We're trying to build the tool belt. Isn't that the word we use? Yeah. And I think the jujitsu and eating right and, and investigating like holistic things like MDMA and... Um, ayahuasca and psilocybin and eating right and i think that you should broaden your scope of everything you can't just take one path now the traditional path i would assume is you get some trauma you see a therapist they prescribe you something you see a therapist or a psychiatrist which one gives the medicine psychologist or psychologist you see a psychologist they play with your med level i'm not sure either one they play with your med levels you talk you go to therapy they play with your med levels and they try to mitigate the um trauma not the trauma but the side effects the anxiety yeah like what are those called the anxiety depression not side effects well side effects i guess that's what it is i mean but they're trying to um the symptoms they're trying to numb the symptoms so that that could help you work through what you're working through but i think that you have to investigate all that and that's what we're doing so if you couple something physical like jujitsu, like running, like going to the gym, and you couple, writing, and you writing and burn and stuff so and lavender, huge ones though, writing or drawing. Some people are better at drawing because they just can't write, like they just aren't good at it, and that's not helpful for them. But I've I've known some people that thought drawing was way better. Um, one of the, like if you start drawing, usually it's with black, black or white. And then as you start to heal, you'll see people starting to add color to that drawing. So like you might have now a house that black and white for months, now you're adding a red door to it. Mm. And that's one of the signs of healing is when you start adding color to it. I do Which is the start of healing and processing the incident or incident. Yeah, I'm sure you start to see progress. I mean, if you are actually progressing, if you're still in that state, it's still going to be black and white, I would assume. But if you're progressing, you'll see a red door and things like that. But... To, to deepen your tool belt or however we're going to say it to find your spark you need to be open I am not directing them but I think that a person in that situation like yourself that you have to have a broad 
scope of tools that you could use. And it, it would behoove you to, to investigate that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think we, we've talked about all the different stuff I've done. It was not just one thing. It was the therapy every week. It was the finding people that actually would support me without being like, yeah, like that's not that bad or that didn't happen. You know, I went through something like that. Like you can't be around people like that because then it just makes you feel worse. Like, well, you know, maybe I am weak. Maybe I'm not meant for this. So you got to find a good support system. I, you can have a support system of two people or one. That's all you need. You don't need 30 people hanging no. out with you. You're not going to get 30 people most likely. But if you get one or two, that's all you need because then they make you, you can openly talk about it with somebody and not feel like, oh, wow, like I'm not going crazy or I'm not nuts or this is, this is normal, which in a day, it's what it is. I mean, PTSD, mental health is all normal people that just went through a, you know, traumatic situation that that's our body's way of reacting to it. No different than what we say, you know, you break your arm. Okay. What do they do? They give you medicine. You Nobody ever says, well, why'd you break your arm doing that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's still an injury to the brain. It is. Now, do you think that, um, how would you describe, like, when you are doing these coping mechanisms, you're smelling the lavender, you're writing or drawing or whatever, should you be looking for that red door in your drawing? Should you be looking for progress or should you just be... You know, you probably gonna see it immediately. You just you you probably won't see it that quickly. I mean, it's gonna happen, but it's just over time. Like, I should you be looking for that? <clears throat> no, I think you need to focus on just doing what you're supposed to do. It's not like I don't know, use sports like baseball. You're not looking for the home run. You're getting up there. You're using all your tools you have to hit a baseball. And if it's a home run, great. It's yeah. like therapy. It's like you're coping use jiu-jitsu you're out there doing all your stuff and if you end up submitting somebody like you didn't think that the whole time how can i get the submission on you just go with what's happening so when you're you're healing and you're working on it okay you're focused on what are you writing right now focus on that all right i did my walk you're, you're doing whatever you do in your walk a lot of times i just thought about stuff and listen to music when i did it or whatever i listened to you just focus on what you're doing and then as time goes you will start to see the healing and you may not even see it you, if you're in therapy, Somebody your else therapist knows. might be like, hey, you went this way today and you talked about this and you haven't talked about it yet for three months. And then you're like, oh. So like be in love with the process, not the, yeah, you don't absolutely. be looking for results. Would your you results change t- anything about your process in particular? You know, you started jujitsu in July, but you know, <clears throat> would you have started that sooner with I your body or would yeah. you, what, what was... What was your progression? What was the first thing you started with to start the healing process? And what was the last thing that you've added? Yeah, and would you change anything, Bob? That's a good question. We'll get that portion a little bit. But the first thing I did was I went back to the gym because that's what I did. Um, over the time period, I didn't work out. I could have worked out months after this and went to the gym. I was cleared to go to the gym. I went to therapy every day, but I didn't. Um, clothing was different like different things that I noticed from the past I was like okay well I don't wear these clothes usually why am I doing this so I bought a bunch of new shirts yeah I tried to get you to talk about this in episode 4 he keeps saying he had new clothes he's like I kept on new clothes I'm like what kind of new clothes bro what are you what are you wearing after or before before it was like just stuff I don't wear like I don't wear khaki pants unless I have to if it's for work or you know social event that you have to 
but I warm randomly out sometimes. Like post trauma, yeah, after, after the shooting, yes. Oh, okay. Um, but there's a portion I can. I mean, I can explain that, but then we can talk about that in another episode. Yeah. But I started doing other things. I'm like, okay, this is what I usually do. Like, I go to the gym every day. That's what I do. So I go to the gym. Had the new clothes. Switched back to my clothes. Um, started eating better again. Because at that point, I mean, there wasn't a day that I could say I'd eat three pizzas a week. Like, we really, I'd eat pizza, three whole pizzas a week. Like, yeah. that's not... I could do that right now. It's not healthy for you. It's not going to help anything. So I started eating a little bit better. I started focusing on different workouts, maybe. Like, a lot of times I learned running was great for me. Back then, I loved running because it just made me feel... When they caught the runners high, like I felt so much better because, like, with lifting, you're counting reps and you're counting like making sure your technique's right. And you're not gonna hurt something. When I ran, I just ran. I'd put on it was either music. A lot of times, I'd get a YouTube and listen to a video, like I don't know David Goggins or Jocko Welling. Still, two of my favorite to listen to. I listen to them and I'm like, this guy's got a point. Like, I gotta keep going. Next thing you know, like there was, I was up to five miles when I'd run, and that's anybody knows me. I'm not. That big That's a lot for anybody. Bikes. You know, I, I just started to run too, and I'm yeah. with you on that runner's high that you get, and you can't really match it in a gym. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for pushing through that run. That was actually one of the ways I knew that I was starting to heal too, is because my running was not. I was like, I don't really want to run today. Like I knew, like there was days that I'd have to just rush home from work. Like I gotta run, I gotta run, because it would make me feel that much better. Or go do like a hit workout. Those were always good, too. I started doing those. I always kept the lifting because that's just what I like. But that itself was not enough to help me get over when the anxiety would start kicking in. But if I did one of those hit workouts or anything kept you moving, getting your blood flow going, keeping the heart rate up, like, I was starting to rely on that at some point. But I also noticed that the more I healed, the less you started to see the running and the, the hit workouts. And truly now, it's not that often. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's good to a point. I mean, it'd still be good to do it more, but it's also good to know that I've gotten it all under control the best you can, and now I don't have to rely on going for a run today to feel good. I have different things that I can just... Because we're trying to paint a picture for people that aren't on the same... Because remember, we described the bridge. The, the stormy part of the bridge and the sunny part of the bridge... And then where you were at in comparison to the storm and the sun on that bridge. Everybody's somewhere different dealing with trauma. And the people that are closer to the storm or in the storm were trying to articulate what it looks like to be closer to the other side. So you're saying that these are the things that helped you. We're all saying for sure open your mind to other things like... You have to remind me. Somebody, you, you've known me for how long? For grade school. Yes. Would you ever thought I'd be putting lavender spray on my pillows before I went to bed? No, I couldn't ever picture that. No. You know what? Yeah. Spraying. No, you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. Spraying orange around my desk. And you can't, and definitely can't let people like, you can't care either. Like there no. was times, like I said, I got, I only so many people knew because I just wasn't going to deal with, like, well, what are you doing that for? Why are you doing that? It doesn't matter at that time. Like, whatever works for you and whatever works, you have to do. Can't worry about somebody saying, well, why does your desk smell like orange? But there's times that I'd be like, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with you. Why are you care? 
Man, that kind of triggers you. I can see it. Right? I mean, I people see do you. worry about things that other people do for their mental health because, again, it's a topic that people are on the fence about. But I tell people that I make my children listen to meditations. We go to bed, listen to New Horizons meditations, and they're built for kids. But I challenge anybody to put on Michael Sealy and go to bed tonight on YouTube, and you will sleep differently. But if somebody else would hear that, well, why to do that? Are you a hippie? And then you know all of a sudden why? that triggers people to give And then you, get, then you get defensive, and you're like, I'm not and doing this. Trigger, and then, yeah, you're right. People shut down. And that's one thing that they do say. What does most people do when they lay down at night? On their phone. On your phone, phone. playing phone. That's not... That, when you go lay down, you should be listening to that, or listen to a, a... Read a book, or listen to a book. Like, going through social media, right before you go to bed, your brain starts thinking, because you're going to see a hot topic of some sort... It's either going to make you feel bad or feel good, and either way, now your brain's getting excited. You're reacting to that. You really should lay down and truly just lay there. Um, reading a book's not bad. I mean, if you have a good book you like, or like you said, the meditation stuff, or listening to some whatever it would be that works, you should not be playing on social media for that. It was actually one thing that I had to get used to, because whenever I start having anxiety, like you can't think, you can't focus, and you just start going through your phone. You're going through phone you know, swinging through, uh, flipping through Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and you're not even paying attention, but you're not helping yourself by doing that. So that's the last thing you want to do before your bed. You need to lay down, listen to something meditation-wise, or read a book, something that can calm your brain down, get you tired. That, I don't even think having the TV on is a good thing to do. Were you drawn when you were looking through all that stuff? Were you drawn to negativity? when you were looking well, there was there was definitely a time like I was the most negative person ever during this time period when I first started like, even before I was healing for that year and a half what it was before I even started doing anything and I just sat and just in that dark place non-stop was anything at work I get assigned a case this is stupid I don't want to do this case this is dumb why do people keep calling everything was negative I remember the, the one girl I was dating at the time it was her birthday and we were going somewhere and I was just miserable the whole time. Like, why are we walking here? Why are we doing this? Why? Like, people don't want to be around that. Like, you're, you're taking good moments that people are excited about and you're just shutting them down with pure negativity. Look, look tomorrow when you go to work and just look at somebody and see how they react. Like, I still work with a lot of people like that. Their negativity just spews. Like, oh. you can just see it. And really you're just funny. like, I don't want to be around that. So there was a period of time that I actually, like, if there was something going on at work when I started healing and it was negative, because it is what it is, police officers can be very negative just in general because of all the stuff they see and people are doing. I would get to the point that I would just get up and walk away and people were like, what's his problem? Like, mm. I was done. Like, I knew that was something I had to cut off and that was getting rid of that negativity because that's not helping anything. So there's lots of... I meant like your media choices. Like when you were scrolling through Facebook, were you drawn to... When I I didn't get on any social media actually until after I started healing. So I mean, that was actually one of the better things I did. But you can use social media to advantage too. Like there's so many positive things out there. And that's yeah. ended up being one of the reasons I got on it. Because I just said, well, what's this platform? Like you said, exploring, seeing what's out there. Social be media curious. can be positive. You just, it's up to you what you choose. But it wasn't just that. I mean, it was negative. If it was negative, I wanted to talk about it. If it was positive, I wanted nothing to do with it. And that's where you talk about phases of like, okay, 
how long was I negative for two years or so? Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, now I'm done. I don't want to be around this conversation or just stop. Like I said, it. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear negativity. I lived it too long. And that's different phases of that bridge we talk about. Like, does it seem like a big deal? No, but when you start doing it all and you start coming together, eventually you start seeing the light. You won't see it right away. I didn't see it right away. And there was times we talked about, like, I'd sit in my chair and be like, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, you think about it, and there's times you're just like, I don't know if I can make it. Like I said, we've never attempted anything, but it crosses your mind. And that was one thing that I never understood before. Somebody's like, you know, somebody committed suicide. I'm like, how? How can somebody do that? Now, I mean, I get it. Like, I can completely grasp what happens there and how it happens and more sympathetic and coping with that than just saying like he shouldn't have done that and just be done for like i get it yeah like, you, you just you, never so you think you get gained a level of empathy through all this absolutely because you just see where people go and if you can't we talked about it if i wouldn't have been going to my counselor at the time when everything just broke when the ice broke what would i have done who would have explained it to me who would have talked me through it who would have helped you we gotta get nobody. We gotta get her on. You gotta ask. Yeah, we need to. But who would I talk to? And who would have explained it and helped me? Okay, look, we need to breathe. We need to talk about this. If you don't have that, you're just gonna keep over and over. And at that point, it was like insane. Like I wasn't sleeping at all for like 24 hours at a time. Sometimes two days. And you're just like, all right, it's just gonna end. So you go on weeks at a time. Like, what happens? I can't do this anymore. And then the lack of sleep, the, your your thinking process is definitely off when you start not thinking correctly. You're not sleeping. So I can definitely see how people are like, that happens. Well, that's why I'm glad we're, we're going to interview other people other than Tony. Because I feel like, and I'm talking to Jiu-Jitsu Jake right now, from an outside perspective, I think he looks at it like super clinically. Like, this happened... I did this, I, I'm going to do this. Like, he, like, worked at it. He had a certain mindset that I'm almost positive that's not everybody's experience. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Badge, Tony, and I know each other, and we share some mutual family, and, and I've had two cousins that have committed suicide, and you can see that they were in a dark place that they couldn't recover from. So I I don't know what that would be like. I've never been in a place like that, but, you know, Tony speaking from experience about that darkness, which is fascinating to me because he's somebody that has made it through it, right? And there are a lot of people that probably listen to this that know somebody that hasn't made it through or and probably know somebody that is currently battling it. You know, I, I have a lot of questions for Tony in terms of, do you still go back to those dark places ever? Do you Are you still drawn to negativity at times or have you kind of beat that whole thing? <clears throat> no, I mean, the negativity part, you I think you always have to battle with that because it's it's easy and, and this I speak in this field of line like no matter what I go to work it's negative it's negative all around me so I do have to find ways yeah. to I hear a lot and, I, and this I hear this all the time to me is that like your job our job's useless we don't save anybody we don't we don't help anybody. We oh, other just, people in your yeah in this too? field and and then I look back and I look I have a couple things that I say at my desk of previous incidents that I'm like, this is why we do it. Like, we're not going to save everybody. No matter what job you do, you can't save everybody. But you 
I can look back and think of a handful of people's lives are 100% different because of what I did that day. Or I've gotten letters, I've gotten pictures of people going into the military now and saying, like, I'm only going into the military because I want you to do what, what you did. And I want to be like you and help people. So, oh, like, that's cool. you can only take, you can't help everybody. I, I know doing this podcast, doing my social media, all this stuff we do, like, it's not going to help everybody. I know that. Yeah. But... What you know, then a day we're doing a job that most people don't want to do, and or some people couldn't do, and we're helping people that I would have never helped before. Like, what if I didn't go to that call? Yeah, what if you get that guy that's negative, like, I can't help anybody, this is no use, this is pointless. He goes and he handles the call different. That kid's now who knows where that kid's at. Now, it's that he's probably, I mean, probably somewhere who knows where he's at, but. He's in the military. Hopefully doing good. Yeah. So it just makes me curious because like we we know you're before obviously you dealt with this. This isn't something that I knew anything about. Um, no, I didn't either. So like now that you've opened my eyes, Jujitsu Jake's <clears throat> eyes, a lot of people that are listening's eyes, I'm just curious. To see how other people deal with it. And I hope that they post that. It doesn't have to be like real. You don't have to be like. Specific or revealing. But like. Just things that. Other people do. Because everybody's experience can't be the same. Every trauma is not the same. I'm sure getting shot is different than. Being assaulted sexually. I'm sure that. I mean I think you have different triggers and you have different things. You're gonna you're gonna have and I say it and I'll say it to this day, like trauma's trauma. Like you're gonna go down the same dark path. You're gonna have different triggers. Things are gonna trigger somebody different than it's gonna trigger me. Yeah. But the traumatic experience the is trauma is gonna trauma. be yeah. Well that's what when we were talking to Brandy, if you haven't listened to the Brandy episode for sure listen to that. The things she was saying without knowing what we talked about previously lined up perfectly like it was a different she had different trauma obviously but the things that she was going through was almost identical to what he was going through so i'm like in my mind i'm thinking like you know is that the is that the case is it just because you two regionally and you you know i don't know how that manifests itself in other people and in, in younger people and women and men and trans people in you know how does that i just can't see if i had some sort of trauma i don't necessarily now at 35 you know and knowing you i would do all the steps that you're saying but i don't know if i'd be like all right uh this trauma happened i'm gonna i'm gonna face it head on i'm going to not take medicine i'm going to you know i just don't know if that'd be the case you know, obviously you would, th- now we know, but I'm to think to yourself, if you didn't know this and you uh, dealt with some I would some try tr- to tough it out. Right, that would be my mindset. I'm just going to tough this out and hope for the best. I would put it away. I yes. would, I would. Uh, and I did that and you saw what that did to me. Well, it didn't work is what I'm saying, but, so I'd be in the same boat. That's what most people do do. And you like. I think. And do you think that's what most people do? I think most people do not reach out. They don't want. They don't talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. Again, like I said, you're going down a dark path of to heal is you're going to relive this over again. So take the worst day of your life 
and think, well, I'm going to relive this for a couple of years. Or well, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, like, who would do who that? Do that? Yeah, who would do that? And you get to a point, like we've talked about it before, the breaking point, like, when everything broke and I started hearing, like, you're not leaving your house, you're drinking every night, you don't go anywhere, you're not doing your work, you're not anything like you were prior to this incident. And it was like, at that point, everything started breaking and the, the flashbacks, the nightmares, all this happened. And it was... I, I, my therapist said, she's like, you have two options now. Like, you either face this or you let it completely destroy you. Completely. And, I mean, at that point, I, to me, I had no other option but to face it. Yeah. Well, and like... Find a spark. But if you're... And that's the whole point of it, is finding that spark... You have to, to find a spark. Yeah. You have to. I don't, you find that yourself. I mean, we, we have the definition that's on there, and we, we post it every once in a while I post it, but... When you see that definition, you have to find what what in there. How's that work for you? Mm-hmm. How do you find it to work? Even to go lighter. I mean, losing weight. What, what's your spark? Why do you want to lose weight? There's a lot of reasons out there when you start looking into it. But like for someone that's been sexually assaulted, if you want to live, uh, I don't want to say a normal life, but if you want to continue life you deserve with a with a you know you have to be intimate with somebody again. So how's that? <clears throat> and then that's, that's the one guest we talked yeah. about you having on. I think that she will touch that because now she's a, a woman. I think she's twenty one now, and that's she can speak to her situation that. more than I can. Obviously, I, we don't really talk about that, but I I know from her time in court and the letters that she has written that have been made public that 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 is an issue for her. Because like, how do you do that? Somebody yeah. you weaponized, a no, not a normal. I think it will come back to. Trust. This is why that, and then you have well, to, you you trust have to work. At this is sometimes a never-ending battle. You're you're going to make it. It does become easier if that's the word we could use. But it's still going to be certain things are going to be a constant struggle. Like I don't have to be constantly reminded of getting a shooting, almost dying. I mean, technically dying that day at the hospital. Yeah, being brought back, but I don't have to. Most of the time, I have a T-shirt on. A lot of times, I'm not at work. I'm with, you know, like, I don't have a constant trigger sometimes. Yeah. So, I think, I, you know, I have it in the morning or at night when I take my shirt off, I see it. But it's not a constant trigger. So, I think that will be great that when, when she does come on. Well, that's what I'm going to ask her. Just like, isn't being a woman a constant trigger? If that's what happened to you? They're, they're gonna, I'd I'll, have to fucking ask. It is such a deep... Because you were Die. like that to me is dark, dark as fuck. Like trauma is dark, yeah. But that specific genre of trauma to me. Truly, the only way to know is once we talk to her. her yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I'm just, just speculating. Obviously, it's never happened to any of us, but I just don't know how. Uh, I would assume you, you you keep using your coping. You keep. Going to therapy. Because, like, how do you trust you? a dude? And, like, what if a dude looks like that dude that assaulted you? Or what if he smells like him? Or what if he fucking drives all the same car? That'd be all triggers. I mean, smells. I just feel like that's a lot of fucking triggers. Hearing, I mean, a, a trigger could be as simple as hearing something. Yeah. A word, a voice. Or, like, what if you get an argument with your... You get married and now you get an argument. Like... I, I, I do, do think you this is when we talk about... It's... You, you never get rid of PTSD. You... Somehow learn to walk with it. 
And I think in those situations, you, you have to end up marrying somebody or being with somebody that's understanding of that. They have to understand this, and, and you have to be truthful with that person at the beginning. And they're either going to stay or they're going to walk away. To find your spark is the first step. You gotta fucking you gotta find a reason to start healing. You yeah, to start healing. What what's inside you that's making it you heal? If you can't find a reason for yourself to heal, then you won't. And then you and then sometimes, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. I mean, people obviously don't, don't make always. It. Yeah, well, I think you have to find your spark, and then once you find it, and understanding this, some like I said, that was a huge thing for me is figuring out. Like I had a therapist that would help me, like explain things to me. This is why I'm huge on therapy. Of course, you're gonna find the right therapist, like anything else. That's well, I also I, think you're therapy because, like Brandy said, she went to yeah. So you have to experiment. Like, if like he it's went not to working, one therapist, it worked. Like, if I it's not much, working, I just don't. don't think that you can't stay with that therapist. Yeah, you, you have to move. Whatever's gonna work for you, you have to use. I mean, it's a constant. It's constant. Because I, I just don't know if that. You know, you 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 finally go to a therapist and it just works out. Like, how many times does that happen? Zero. I don't even like the fucking guy that cuts my chip ham at Shop and Save. I like the other dude. <laughs> he cuts my shit way too thick, son. So. It's chipped ham. You're supposed to chip yeah, it. It's like transparent. Yeah, like <laughs> you, I'm. You, you don't want thick ham, fella. What the hell? That's what I mean. Even having a therapist. I mean, some therapists could probably be worse for you than good. Yeah, because like, I'm sure just like any other profession, there's some people that are just on I've work. Heard many sto- yeah, I've heard many stories of some that they're just not, they shouldn't be doing the job they are. Yeah. Well, uh, we do have, we want to answer a question before we wrap this up. Do you have the question? Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it or do you want, or do you want to read it? It's for you. Jiu-Jitsu Jake should read it. We're going to have more guests. Jiu-Jitsu Jake has committed to being a part of the podcast. Thank him very much. <laughs> so he, um, not only is it me now, it's, it's Tim. We got Tone every week. We got some uh, guests coming up. We convinced Tone to make the trip to, the, to my new house. So we're in, not on the porch, but we are in the basement. And uh, this question comes from my favorite fan, Lori. And the question is, for Tone, uh, if there was a way you could take away the traumatic experience and all the confusion, pain, and suffering it caused you, would you? If so, why? If not, why not? I mean, there's a two-question. I'll answer it in two parts. Sometimes do I think it would have been better not to experience everything? Obviously. It wasn't easy. It was just... Still not fun to talk about sometimes. I mean, we've gotten to a point that it is. But then, that's the selfish side of me. Like, I have to look and go, well, you did get through it. You did experience it. And you're here now. So then, the unselfish side is, no. I mean, I I have to say no. Like, I don't want to get rid of it. Because, not only, would you say today we have listeners-wise? Over 3,000. Almost 3,000 people listen to this every week. I have how many followers on uh, thousands. I have people commenting to me. I have outside of this podcast, like personal life, there's certain people that have come to me and opened up to me about stuff that would have never happened. They probably would have never opened up to anybody. So there's a time that I do look at 
situation. I'm like, well, I lost this, I lost that, and relationships ended and whatnot from this. But then I'm like, well, that's selfish because, you know, how many other people have I helped maintain a relationship? How many people have I saved in the long run of this? I don't know, but I know there's a lot of people that comment that are like, daily, they're like, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I'd be right now. And we've only been doing this for six months, not maybe, even. No, like, yeah. Th- maybe Truly on, on maybe the podcast. Months, yeah. So, no, I'd have to almost say no. Like, the the unselfish side is no. I, I wouldn't change anything now because it's, I've touched more people than I would have ever touched before. Because I didn't know anything about this and... There's a time that I look at, and I, maybe God knew, like, hey, like, you have more in you than what you're putting out. Like, yeah, you, you do your job, and you do it the best of your ability, but there's so much more there. And maybe he's like, you can handle this. I know you can, so we're going to put you through this, and maybe you're going to go out and help thousands more people. Yeah, you help a lot of people. I see it. So, Would you consider yourself a better person after all this? Oh, yeah. I mean, an instant like this... You can't. It takes away. You, you're humble now. Way more humble because you know, like you know me before. That's like I had a little arrogance to me. Not anything too crazy, probably. But there was a time that thought like nothing stopped me. Nothing could phase me. So you become humble real quick when you realize like, hey, your own self can stop you. Now I'm like, hey, like a little more humble, uh, more compassionate, much better listener. I think I can. I I think I'm better for my kids. 100% better. That's so instead of yeah. yeah, instead of before it would have been, what are you crying for? Stop crying. Like, you shouldn't be crying. Now it's more, I mean, I say it sometimes, but it depends on the response. You get, hey, what are you crying for? Well, you won't let me do it. Okay, you're done crying. Like, that's not fair. But if he says something, I mean, there'll be a day he might say, this happened at school and he's going to open up to me because I asked now. I don't just straight shut him down. Like, yeah, there's tough love and there's, Realms, but I make sure they understand now. Like, talk to me, tell me how school is, what's happening in school. Because I just know, like, looking back, probably a lot of, st- I don't know, a lot of stuff growing up probably was nobody ever said, hey, what's wrong? I mean, like we said, you came from a whole different, like, a lot more open, but most of us didn't get a parent say, well, what's wrong? Why are you upset today? It was stop being upset and go to your room. Or, I'll give you something. If you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Like, <laughs> things like that that I hope that me asking that basic question now, hey, what's wrong? What, what, are, you, what are you pouting for? What are you crying for? And I get a response one day, and I can actually help them with that situation and not just shut them down before they even tell me. And selfishly, your experience has helped me just simply for being on this podcast. You know, I, I'm a teacher. You know, I teach high school. I teach jiu-jitsu, and... I kind of evaluate and hear you talk about trauma. I'm taking a look at some of the kids that I know, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should be more sympathetic. Maybe I should be a better listener. Maybe I should be a little more aware of what's going on. And even when guys come into the gym and you say how much it's helped you, okay, maybe let's foster that culture of helping people become better, which is ultimately giving me kind of a new outlook on teaching and jujitsu a little bit just from the last few weeks. You know, I talked to both of you about different guests I called you guys the next day and yeah. was thinking right away this is a big topic that I've never talked about until last week and I'm excited to kind of help you on this journey and, and get people more aware of what's really going on and get rid of the stigma that mental health is a, is a negative yeah break, hashtag break the stigma 
and we are glad to have Jiu-Jitsu Jake on this journey now. And, and that does it gives it, we're opening up. If this if this shooting never happens, and I don't go through anything I went through. We're not doing this right now. No. We're not having new guests coming on to talk about their trauma. That's going to help them tremendously after they do that night. I can't really speak for the one that's probably going to help her tremendously. Yes. Because I don't think that's ever happened yet. I don't no. She's had the opportunity. Now, sometime later, to even express how she felt or... Yeah, she even said in the message, she said, I've never opened up about this. I can't wait to talk about it. Think yeah, about I have all a the bunch, people that are going to listen to her. And, uh, I can't wait to hear her talk. You know, same thing with our buddy that's a Marine. I, I've never been in combat. Mm. And I can't wait to hear the effects that it has on the other side of the, the fence. Yeah, outside of Call of Duty, I'm... I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, no, I mean, I, I do, I think that... There's always going to be that selfish side that says, man, I wish that never happened because it's not you fun. Are different, it's not fun. But I have better. to look at it the unselfish side that I, I lean more towards and thinking like maybe God knew like, hey, you can handle this. I know you can. And this is going to make you better in the long run. Yeah, he, I mean, honestly, he is, he is no more humble, I would say. He is more open. He is more... It could be the fact that you're standing on the barrel fifty, but it, it he definitely is. You could tell that. And, it's and I think the timing of it's right. Like in my, I don't know, early twenties, maybe I couldn't handle it. No, Who knows what would have happened? Maybe I drank, yeah. my, I would have just kept drinking whiskey alone, and that would have been it. I mean, whatever. Like, like you know, I mean, I'm not a huge in the religious, and I'm not every day reading the thing, but I do believe in God and. Things happen for a reason at certain times, and yeah, I mean, at that point, God knew, like, hey, you're almost peaked at what you're capable of with what you have. Let's give you this, and like I said, I think I've helped other people that I've seen go through stuff, personal life, that they would have never got a, they would have never went to, they would have never went to a therapist, they would have never talked about this, they would have never reached out. So, who knows what it would have been? So, it's I have to say, I I'm, I don't. I wouldn't change it. Yeah, uh, answers. Your, I hope that answers your question, Lori. And uh, anybody else that wants to, please, we'll answer any questions you have every week. If you have a question for just Tone, let let us know. If you have one for just Jitsu Jake, let us know. Um, the guests will be coming next week or the week after. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I hope that, uh, you know, the COVID stuff isn't freaking you out. You're able to enjoy whoever you're around. Please rate and review on iTunes. It's the purple icon. Um, we love seeing those, especially because he is helping people. And you have Spotify and Spotify, but the 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 ratings on yeah. iTunes for some reason the only ones you do. But uh, if you Google search us at this point, it will show up. you what platform you can do it. Yeah, and you should be proud, town, of what you're doing. You know, when I you look at the amount of people you're helping, when I met you. You're on Pornhub Premium, just partying. <laughs> you know? I don't know if that's true, but... <laughs> Eating string cheese without peeling the strings like a serial killer, just biting it. But now you peel your string cheese, you're no longer a premium member, and you're helping everybody. Oh, my. So, let us know um, how we're doing on the podcast. If you have any... Um, if you have any suggestions for topics that you want us to talk about let us know um but again we're gonna have those people coming up brandy too we're gonna get her on so one last just 
you're going into the holiday weekend of Christmas, New Year's, and the first thing a lot of people are going to do is think about what they don't have and what they wish they had. Take the time to focus on what you have. Okay. No. Be appreciative. All right, we'll check ins later. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll be back Sunday probably. Later. <laughs>